What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky ass hijinks and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Going quite well, Graham. Nice little uh, short work week I'm in the middle of it. Oh, you're even shorter than most people. Yeah, I took off Tuesday as well. Jesus. The hell do you think you are? Dictating just, your own uh, just vacation some, days. Just a guy. Yeah. Other people take off like 40 days and do like trips in the Arctic. Right. I just take off Tuesday. Specifically the Arctic. Yes. yes. <laughs> that sounds like a good vacation destination. Oh, I feel like hunting. It's a good spot. Freezing your balls off. But uh, yeah, missed uh, actually first weekend in a while that didn't catch all the Braves games. I was at a music festival mm. up in, well, over in Augusta. Saw Old Crow Medicine Show, which was sweet. And a bunch of little bands that I didn't care about. And we got rained on. But I had a great time. Yeah, I missed a little bit of the game on Saturday. But hopefully we've watched uh, you know, enough collectively to the point where we can get through an entire show. It's yet to be seen, but hopefully we have. I think so. We're, we're, we're caught up. Um, you know, we, we've done our research. We've brought in some other experts mm. besides us yeah. to fill us in. Uh, intern Jared just had so many notes for us after... Because I just missed the Friday and Saturday game, so he had a lot of notes for me on that. So I appreciated that. He's earning his keep. Right. I think there's a little added motivation to not lose his job this time around. And um, he's really coming to the table with some some good stats for us. I don't know, man. He was really close to getting fired on Monday when we were in the pool. Hmm. I was just congratulating him again and letting him know how great of a job he's been doing. And how he should feel honored that we've invited him to the Atlanta Zone pool party. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like, so what, what kind of content? What were you thinking? He's like, oh, I got great ideas. He's like, first thing, I think you guys need some more Patriots talk. Yeah. And secondly, I want to hear more about LeBron and the LeBron versus MJ debate and who's the best of all time. You know, a lot of people haven't talked about that. And you would think that's something that, you know, most sports shows would, would bring up at some point, especially considering LeBron's been playing since 2003. You're, you're being sarcastic, right? No. You I'm haven't heard that debate? Yes, I'm being sarcastic, oh. you dumbass. Well, you, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that was a good acting job on my part. <laughs> or shitty acting, depending well, on which way you want to. Shitty sarcasm. Well, I was trying to appear earnest, because oh. then the users would think, oh, what a dumbass. But they would Got also, it. if they use their brains, be like, oh, he's making a joke and saying that everybody's a Got fucking it. idiot for making this comparison for the last 15 years of our lives. It's really annoying. Yes, it is. But I feel like it's been nonstop recently. I told Jared, no, we're not going to be ESPN. Right. That's if you want to go to, you know, listen to what they have to say or are undisputed or any of those other shows, you can listen to them. If you want a niche market show about professional sports in Atlanta, we are the place to come. Yep. Very limited chance of growing outside of that niche. Right. And we have users all over the world. Yes. From East Orange, New Jersey to Indonesia, there have been listeners. According to SoundCloud. <laughs> Is that uh, accurate? I don't know, but that's what they say. Well, that's all we got. Yes. But, uh, but he's doing all right. He, he still has a job. For now. Yes. That was a pretty terrible suggestion. For now. You're on a short leash, Jared. Don't well, make me make you heal. While we're talking in-house uh, issues, I have a question for you. Hmm. I was re-listening to last week's episode, and you used... A word 
and I don't know if it's a real word or if you made it up because okay. it, it sounded made up, but you were very confident about it. And I could just be an idiot. So you were talking about Julio. Julio Jones. Julio Jones. And uh, you were mentioning Thomas Dimitrov running through the numbers. And you said, I'm sure he has asked his capologists. I don't think that's a an actual word, like a dictionary word. So there's not like Fred Stevens capologist on a placard at an office at Mercedes-Benz? Probably not, but I have heard uh, on various shows and whatnot, you know, the actual media refer to uh, people who specialize in salary cap as capologists. So I was just sort of piggybacking off that. So probably made up. Probably made up. Got yes. it. Okay. I picture that, like, if I hear that, I picture that more being like some dude in his basement. Like, that yeah. writes a blog. Sure. And calls himself a capologist. A capologist, right. Versus... <laughs> or just puts in his Twitter handle. Right. Yeah. Uh, versus an actual position in an NFL team. There's probably some other... Might be a salary cap specialist or something, but yeah, it's probably not a capologist. That sounds better. Yes. Okay. Just just wanted just to clear it up. It. Sure. Uh, yeah, I guess let's uh, jump into the show with... Our usual Braves coverage. It is May thirtieth, twenty eighteen, on the day of this recording. The Braves are currently thirty two and twenty two, first place in the National League East. Um, half game up, I believe, on Washington and Philadelphia. And unfortunately, Adam, those Nationals are charging hard. Yeah, they won five straight, like twenty two of twenty six, or something crazy like that. Um, and yeah, they're looking like a force to be reckoned with with that rotation. Yeah, and then the bats are red hot as well. They're getting contributions from some bullshit people, though. like Mark Reynolds. Like Mark Reynolds. Yeah. Like Matt Adams had his turn. Now it's Mark Reynolds' turn. Right. And they're starting to get healthy too. And they don't even have Daniel Murphy back. So when they get him back, and if Eaton can somehow come back this year as well, and their bullpen's I, nasty. Yeah, I start to shake my little uh, Atlanta boots. For our plucky team, but no one expected us to be in this position. As I as I've said, I think regardless of what happens this season, we're playing with house money. But you know, looking at the way the Nationals are playing right now, and looking at their team on paper, and looking at who's coming back eventually, I think you know, and we've said this many years. Um, you know, they're the class of the National League, and they will make the postseason in one way or another, either by winning the division, which I think they will, or you know, the wild card. But I I I think they'll win the division. Um, they just can't win the postseason, though, which is the funniest fucking thing. So I hope that <laughs> continues. They always lose in the first round in some agonizing way that is so reminiscent of uh, late 90s, early 2000s Braves teams. And, I mean, the reason they scare me more than any other team in the East, so the Phillies, right, um, is they have two bona fide stud starting pitchers. Right, Strasburg Aces. and Scherzer. Um, <clears throat> and we don't have... One bona fide ace. No, and the and the guy we were just uh, you know losing our minds over last week and and clamoring as the next uh, great Atlanta pitcher, maybe preemptively. Maybe I'm putting words in our mouth, our mouths. But uh, Sean Newcomb got roughed up against the Red Sox, which you know he's been pitching really well, so you know give him a pass. But it was funny. Fulte dominated the Red Sox. Yep. Goes seven innings for the first time this year. I think had seven strikeouts, threw 110 pitches. 
but was much more efficient and looked like the guy we wanted to be. It's just he still can't find that consistency, and I think that also speaks to the whole rotation. Is overall you just don't know what you're going to get. Is Julio Tehran going to throw 88 miles per hour in the corner, or is he going to go th- throw 88 miles per hour over the middle of the plate? That's the question. And it's the same with you know Newcomb. Newcomb was bit by the walk bug against the Red Sox on Saturday. You know, mostly he's kept that in check, but it's just like all up and down this rotation, you just don't know what you're going to get on a given night from any of our starters. It's generally not garbage, though. That's the good news. No. Like it's, and we score enough runs that they can give up three, four runs, and we always have a chance to win a ball game. So right. that's the good news. It's not like they're getting completely shelled every night. No, and it's like we saw uh, last night against the Mets in that incredible comeback. This team is never out of it, and they have, uh, since Snicker has been the manager, they have 45 wins in their last at-bat which is best in baseball. You say what you will about baseball coaches. Maybe it's a coincidence. I don't know. That's still pretty cool. And they've come from behind so many times recently, so many walk-offs. You had the Dansby Swanson walk-off, you know, against the Marlins uh, last week or week before, whenever that was. You had um, Charlie Culberson hit a walk-off home run Monday against the Mets. And then last night, last night, Freaking Johan Camargo hits a walk-off home run after we were down 6-2. to two. And with all these walk-offs we've been getting, I realized, and this is the only reason, intern Jared, I'll mention the Patriots, but I feel a little bit like a Patriots fan now mm-hmm. with all the walk-offs because last night I was expecting it. I was like, we are going to win this game. Right. Even and when it, I, I, I suspect someone's going to hit a homer. And I, I was like, why not Johan? Right. And it's funny, too, the last three walk-offs have been from the bottom of our order from the guys who are actually – playing every day now and Camargo Culberson and Swanson um obviously we knew Dansby would be a regular but now that Camargo and and now Culberson keeps getting starts it's like the bottom of the order you look at that on paper and you're like yeah but they've been putting the work out there and, and coming up with some clutch hits in big situations so before we get ahead of ourselves too much here I guess we probably should have led with the biggest news of the week why the hell Charlie Culberson is playing in the outfield Exactly. There's a reason that he started in left field, and it's because Ronald Acuna, um, almost with a devastating injury, right? But by some miracle, or miracle of youth from the baseball gods, he's okay. Yes. Yeah, so on Sunday against the Red Sox, Acuna beat out uh, infield single, and as he's running, if you haven't seen the play, um, as he's running. He looks towards the umpire, and he's still running, and his knee catches, his left knee catches, and it looks like a tear. It looks like a tear, and he tumbles to the ground, and he's on the ground for like five, six minutes, and you're just fearing the worst. But then the the news comes out the next day on Monday, and I heard it on the radio from Jim Powell. Yeah, so in typical Jim Powell fashion, it feels like it takes five minutes, even though it it didn't. He, He announces... Oh, we, we have news on Ronald Acuna's injury. The MI, MRI results are in. And then he's like, waits, and then some play happens, and he's like, the Braves thought that maybe uh, we would uh, maybe get something last night. But they said if they didn't get something last night, we'd get it today, and we have that information now. And I was like, Jesus, Jim, just tell us for Christ's sake. And he was like, yeah, it's a, it's a left knee contusion, sprain in the left knee, and also a contusion in his back. So... Definitely a bullet dodge there. He's probably going to miss anywhere between two to four weeks, I would surmise. This coming from a entirely 
unqualified, uh, bad yeah. medical assessment yeah, on my Gr- part. Graham completely made that up. There, I don't think there has been a timeline. They said yet. they'll reevaluate in ten days. Right. But so until, wanted, until he, they do that, right, you should just stick by what I'm saying. Two to four weeks. That's fair. That's, is, is that's maybe think. realistic. But he also wanted to play Monday. Right. Apparently, he's going out there and running. Yeah. Which I like. I'm like, they no. need to simmer him down. Well, even on the Johan Camargo walk off last night, I see him. With Ozzy, you know, they're always whoring each other and getting yeah. intense in the game. And then after that, uh, that, that that home run, he, like, steps over the railing. And I'm like, don't even do that. Just sit your ass down. You should be confined into, like, the locker room or just yeah. go home. He's, because he, you, we cannot, you cannot risk injuring yourself further. He's going to be back immediately. Your assessment's wrong based off that. I, I hope think. that is correct. But officially, he is on the disabled list. I, I feel bad for poor Preston Tucker. Like, I'd be like, I was like, oh, this is his chance to... Get back into every day at bats. I think um, I think Coach Snitker likes Tucker in a pinch hitting pinch hitter's role. He seems to be the go to pinch hitter, very much like how Bobby Cox used to have his go to guy pinch hitter, be it uh, Wes Helms, Wes Helms, Corky Miller, Eric Hinsky. <laughs> Eric Hinsky is actually a decent option for a couple of years. Um, Tucker seems to be that guy for Snitker. Maybe he feels really good about having him there. And Culberson's actually been swinging the bat a lot better as of late. Surprisingly enough, yes. And one thing I love is just that the Mets look like some wounded, morally wounded animal that just needs to be put out of their misery. Even when they're winning games, you have to feel like from a Mets fan standpoint, they have no confidence because their bullpen sucks. Well, it was just classic yesterday. So they got news early in the day of Syndergaard uh, being potentially... Not fatally injured, but Jesus, <laughs> but very injured. Right, uh, something with his one of his fingers, but apparently it connects to his elbow. Man, he's got a really long finger. <laughs> well, the the nerves connect to his I'm elbow. Being silly. Okay, um, which could potentially lead to Tommy Tommy John, Tommy John, Tommy John, Tommy Tom, yes. Johnny Tom surgery. Uh, so, so they get that news early in the day, and then Stephen Matz, their bullpen. I mean, their starting pitcher, after their bullpen's already a little decimated from the doubleheader, he gets the same nerve issues going on in his hands three innings into this game. So then their bullpen has to try to hold that lead. Yeah. Of course they don't because they suck. Right. And, uh, yeah, and they still have plenty of guys hurt in their their lineup as well. And I don't think David Wright's ever going to play again at this point. I can't believe they're running Jose Reyes out there. Like he's hitting like less than one fifty. Yeah, no, he's a he's, a, he's like a, a shell of his former. Was self. DJ Upton ever that low? Yes, I'm sure he was. <laughs> one seventy five was like right where BJ's like sweet spot was when he was on the <laughs> brace. It's like he's in one seventy five. Okay, he's like that's pretty. Know. He's near. Yeah. He's near two hundred. He's all right. That's not bad. We're only losing like a hundred thousand dollars a every ten games. Great. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I love seeing the Mets just after their hot start, just getting totally destroyed. And I hope tonight that we can just take three or four from them because they're running out Jason Vargas, who had a really good season last year, but has been awful with the Mets this year. He's like a 10-9-5 ERA or something like that. We absolutely destroyed him in a day game in, uh, in Flushing, I think, last month. And I expect the same thing tonight. <clears throat> Granted, by the time anyone's listening to this, you'll know the results. You'll know the results of that Prior statement is irrelevant to you users listening to this now. But at least you know Graham's thoughts on it. Right, my expectations. Um, 
What else has been happening with them? Big series line ahead against the Washington Nationals. Yes. At SunTrust Park. And we don't have to face Scherzer. Which is big. In a four-game series. Wow, that's shocking. One in five chance that that could happen. Right. So, I think the last time they came here, it was a very different... You know, with that, we actually, I think we were the first team to beat them in a series the last time they came here. And that's when we started to see, okay, these Braves, maybe there's a little something there. Now it's a vastly different team on both sides. There's no Adam Eaton for the Nationals. Um, Ozzy Albies is now one of the most feared top-of-the-order guys in the league. Um, Nick Marquez has established himself as, dare I say it, a legitimate MVP candidate, as crazy as that sounds. I got something to say about your boy, Ozzy, though. Hmm. He's striking out a little too much. He is striking out a lot. Which, um, in sabermetrics, that doesn't mean anything. Strikeout's just an out, is what they say. Right, but you still want to cut down. Like, if you're striking out at a high rate, for example, Dansby Swanson, since uh, his stats in May, he has 19 strikeouts and only 45 at-bats, which is awful. Yeah, the strikeouts as a whole for the team have been yeah. kind of picking up yeah like we knew they'd pick up because you're not i mean we were striking out such a ridiculously low rate to start the season you knew that wasn't sustainable so yeah it was just frustrating in the tuesday game against the mets when after ender hit his huge triple triple off the wall Mm -hmm. we got one out ozzy up there and it's just like strike out three straight pitches right yeah yeah that was rough and i'll you know i'm not too worried about ozzy though i will say that I am starting to worry a little bit just about his inability to get on base without hitting, without getting a base hit. I think that's um, rearing its head. His on-base percentage is down to like 313, 314, something like that, and that's starting to get really, really low. Um, not hitting as many homers. He's been in a slump, I think like three for his last 30 or something like that. Uh, hasn't, you know, and you figured something like that would happen eventually just so we can, we can bounce out of it. If you remember, he started the season off really really cold as well so yeah that's true um i'm not too concerned there'll be ups and downs yeah and i think it's interesting now that the now that acuna's out right that basically it's kind of like back to back to basics before um before acuna was called up now ender's hitting first again ozzy second freddie third marcakis fourth so what do you think about putting ender back at the top of the order i'm fine with it i've always liked ender up there I think he's 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 due to get going as well. Hmm. Um, but I mean, if you keep, I know you're all about Ozzy batting in that one spot. Yeah. So I don't know who you, pl- who you plug in at two. That's the thing, right? Because then if you were to hit Freddie too, which I wouldn't be against if we had Acuna, but I'm completely against that now. Uh, it, it sort of gets a little wishy washy. Yeah, yeah. Like if Dansby were hitting better, he could be that Maybe guy. Maybe he could go up there, but. I mean, I, I think Ender won. I don't have any qualms with it. Yeah, it's still going to be the same thing. He's not going to, you know, either Ender or Ozzy, they're not going to walk that much. And, you know, the, 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 the goddamn shame about it is that Ender, I don't know if he still leads Major League Baseball in steals, but he was, I think, as of a week ago. And it's like, man, if he could just walk a little more, he could have five, six, seven, eight more steals. Yeah, he's kind of slowed down on the steals as well. Yeah. Just a little tidbit that mm-hmm. I wanted to throw out. You know a guy who didn't get much credit for that Tuesday night win against the Mets? Who's that? Matt Whistler. Yeah. He, he still gave up home runs, which he needs to cut that shit out. But he went four innings. 
Four innings, two runs. Yeah. Kept us in the game after Anibal only went four innings. Anibal looks rough, man. He yeah, I don't know if Anibal's getting another start. I, you know, and this is his first This is his first action back from the DL, correct? It was, yeah. So, I mean, you can't put, you can put stock in it, but, you know, I don't think that should be the end-all, be-all. But Soroka's coming back. Yes, and you'd rather have him go out there. What's the word about Gohara? He makes that one start. I know his mom is sick. Is he back in the, he went to go visit her? I think in South America, is, is, he, is he, he back? He's not back. Still not back? No. So that's why Anibal made that start. Right. Then. Well, that's fair. you got to take care of family stuff first. I just hope he can come back. I, I want to see him pitch more. Because every time he goes out there, even if it's not, you know, even though the last time he went out there wasn't the, the greatest outing in the world, it's just you see, you see moments that just get you so pumped with that electric fastball and off-speed stuff, man. I just want him to keep going out there and building up his stamina and logging innings. But priorities, priorities indeed. These these May baseball games in the grand scheme of life, right? Probably don't mean as much, right? But you know, it's 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 interesting too because I think we saw in that Red Sox series a little bit how maybe like we're farther along than we thought we were, but maybe we're not as far along as we thought based right. on the su- success. Yeah. And you look at a team like the Red Sox. Um, you know, where they are ready to compete for a world championship now. It's like, I think we're still on that, you know, a tier or two below that. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it just sort of made me check my expectations a little bit. Even though we very easily could have won that series had we not blown the lead late and had we not put in Whistler to face Mookie Betts for some reason in that Yeah, that was odd. Game. That was a terrible choice by Snicker. That was like a, that was like a Freddie Gonzalez move right there. I was wondering what the hell he was thinking. But um, even still, I think you just got that sense that the Red Sox are, you know, up here and we're a little below them. And it just made me go like, okay, I'm just going to reset a little bit. Yeah, we definitely need to find a couple arms for that bullpen. Right. Especially with the, how much they're being used. They could just go downhill from where they're at now. I mean, they've been fine, but they could just get been, a lot worse. They're, they've they're been, overused. Exactly. They've been used so much that eventually they could – it could result in our downfall just how much we've used them. There are guys who have been doing well all year, like a Winkler or a Carl. You know, we've already seen some, some cracks start forming the armor there. So, yeah. Well, perfect example of why. We're, we're sitting here watching the first inning of this game tonight. Uh, Julio, for the first batter, went 3-2 count, walked him, and now it's a 3-2 count to freaking Jose Bautista. So, I mean, I sound like Chip Carey here. but right. <laughs> <laughs> You already got 12 pitches in the first inning. <laughs> and, and point one innings worked. I mean, there is validity to throwing damn strikes early in the count. Right. Which Julio seems to struggle with. Yes. Yes, he does. And what Chuck and Chernoff, I'll give them full credit for this, as I was driving home today, posed this question, which I thought was very interesting. If the Giants made Madison Bumgarner a, available. Why the hell would they do that? Well, they suck. They have one of the worst farm systems in baseball. And they could be out of the race pretty soon. The only thing that's keeping them in is the NL West isn't very good this year. That's the first name I've heard thrown out there that I would be willing to trade some of our big prospects. You would be. Yes. For a guy like that. Even with his recent injury history. He Mm -hmm. hasn't even thrown a pitch this year. Only threw like 100-ish innings last year. Well, maybe you give up less than you would then. He, He is only 28. And you have him. You'd have him under control for this year, 
and all of next year. Yeah, I don't love it. I don't love it either. And considering all of the prospects we still have and the ability maybe to go out and get a big-time arm in free agency um, this year without having to give any of them up, I would recommend going against that. But still, you, if it happened, you'd have to be pretty excited about it just based off his track record, especially his success in the postseason. Sure. Winner of three world championships. I think he has an ERA like under one in the World Series. Um, has proven he can go out in any situation, be it starting or coming in to actually close a game, which he did in the World Series and uh, one of their championships they won. So it would get me pretty amped. However, the ghosts of uh, you know Mark Teixeira still linger. Yeah. Yeah, if he, with his contract being up next year. One I'd prefer a little more is Cole Hamels. Because mm. I don't think – you don't have to give up the farm for him at this point. No, you don't. And, and he's still a pretty effective pitcher, even though he's not an ace anymore. Yeah, so, I mean, he's an older guy. He's 34, 35, somewhere in there. Drew would tell us to look it up, but I'm not going to do it. That's fair. It's our show. I know he's somewhere <laughs> in there. Yeah. And I don't think we have to give the house for him. And he signed – through 2018 with a 19-team option. I don't know if I want to get cold. I mean, maybe. It just seems like a throwaway. Like, if, unless... Like, I still don't think we're going to win the World Series given our rotation, or do make a lot of noise in the playoffs due to our limit, limitations in rotation and bullpen, and to a degree our lineup. So why would you just want one year, or half a year of Cole Hamels and having to give up something for him if you don't think that's a realistic option? Well, there's a 2019-team option. We exercise the option. That's a year and a half of them. Okay. For a lot less than we do have to give up. Is it a player option or a te- is it a team option? It said team option. Okay. Yeah. All right. For a lot less than you'd give up for Bumgarner. That is true. But he's and, definitely not as good as Bumgarner. But he's not as injury prone either. Fair. He has been very durable over his career. And I'm sure he's just jonesing to get back to a contender. Yeah, the Rangers are definitely wallowing. That's not a bad. That's not a bad idea, especially if you don't have to give it that much for him. I wouldn't be totally against that. And if he's good, I love the idea of just sticking it to the Phillies. Right, right. That's all the motivation I need. Yeah, and that's really, you know I think with the Phillies as well. Um, I think when it's all said and done, that we'll be a better position than we will this year solely because of their rotation. We may have a better offense, but their their rotation's so good. Um, you know, those, those top two arms. Once again, they have two legitimate aces. They have Aaron Nola. Even though he hasn't doesn't go deep enough into games, uh, he's still, I think, one of the elite pitchers in baseball. And you also have Jake Arrieta, who's having a, a, a standout season again this year. We just don't have the arms to match Scherzer and Strasburg and Nola and Arrieta in the, the top of the rotation. Like, who do you – like, if we were going to do a wild card game with any one of them, they'd probably win just because of their pitching. Unless we pull off some – fucking Braves miracle stuff. Right. Like Ryan Flaherty goes off for four hits. Right. Like or you know, we get a, a walk off home run and we come back and we're down like eight to one or something. It's like this these kind of wins, even though they're very exciting, we can't keep doing that at the rate we're doing it. Yeah. But in a five game series, I think we have guys that could potentially dominate a game. Sure. Like I feel good with Fulte and Newcomb out there. Yeah. You know, if they're able to get I don't want to see Tehran. I feel like they're going to start Tehran in a game one game if, just, we, if we ever get to a game one right, game. Right, and he would just get absolutely shelled. Yeah. Especially if it's at SunTrust Park. Right. <laughs> but we're, we're assuming a lot of things. We are there. assuming a lot of things. But that's the thing I still love about baseball is like when the playoffs start, you don't know who's going to win. 
you get to watch the whole postseason in excitement because it's, a, it's, it's so dramatic and heroes emerge from out of nowhere. Whereas the NBA, you don't have to watch till June when you know it's Cavaliers-Warriors. Well, now you don't have to watch it all. Exactly. Like, it's going to be the Warriors to win. Like, from the beginning of the right. year, everyone knew I, the Warriors were going to win. Right. It's just there's no point in watching. It's stupid. It is stupid. Yeah, so moving on to Falcons news. Julio Jones finally spoke out for the first time since there's been all these reports of him wanting more money. They're calling it Julio Jones Gate. I'm so tired of gates. Ever since Watergate, everything's a gate. Spygate, Julio Jones Gate, Pizzagate, <laughs> whatever gate. It's like if, if there's a controversy, it has to have a gate on it. Why is there a gate on the end of this? I'm sure there's a perfectly... Because of Watergate. Right, but why does it have to have gate? Why can't it just be the Julio Jones incident? Or because Belichick's spying on people, or Belichick's a fucking cheater. You know, take away his Super Bowls. You know, if there's a gate that there's some sort of major controversy uh, with a backstory that needs to be further investigated. It's also a lot more condensed than saying Belichick's a cheater. Right. Belichick spies. You could just say spy gate. I, I get it. I just think it's fucking stupid. Anyway, Julio spoke to TMZ, and we're paraphrasing here, but he pretty much said, "We're all good. Everyone makes, wants to make a story out of nothing." and and I want to be a Falcon for life, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but That it, doesn't mean anything. I, I think it's all, yeah, I agree. I think it's all a bunch of, you know, Arthur Blank came across when he res, was responding to this as someone trying to keep, like, uh, I don't know, like someone who, who, where you ask them, it's like, hey, is everything okay? And they're like, oh, yeah, everything's great, everything's fine. You know, that's just how it, it felt. It's it felt desperate. It's definitely not okay. Did Julio you, feels dismissive. Arthur feels desperate. Did you feel... Did you feel? Did you hear Matt Ryan's um, sound bit about? Oh, he it? was antsy. He was antsy. Like he answered it like there's no problem. Julio and I talk all the time, right? But then he, at the end of it, gave a quick. Yeah, he was salty. I don't have anything else to say about that. It's not my. It's issue no, it's no one's about. business. It's or no whatever. one's. Yeah, yeah. And which that, is, that like that's you'll never see a hear a sound bit like that. No, Matt, Matt Ryan, Ryan is the he doesn't get he's mad. the consummate. Well, gives front, front consummate the, teammate gives the corporate uh, response at all times. Classic Atlanta athlete. Matt, Matt Ryan encompasses how Atlanta uh, athletes talk to the media. And how most people talk to the media. But when you think of, like, you know, a guy who never throws anyone under the bus, perfect professional, Matt Ryan is, like, first in my mind. And for him to even have, like, an, like just a smidge of, like, I don't want to talk about this anymore... Yep. says there is something going on that is not good. Sound the alarm. Yeah. Like, it just added fuel to the fire to me. And I just want this resolved. Well, it's also just like the fact that we have a rookie wide receiver, first-round pick at these OTAs. Yeah. Don't you think the leader of the wide receivers should be there? He should. He should be showing the kid the ropes. If he's about the brotherhood, if he wants to win a championship, he needs to swallow his pride a little bit. Uh it's really frustrating. And also, like we bring up every fucking show, we talk about Julio, and I'm sorry to do this again, they have such shit chemistry in the red zone that oh they need to be God. working at that at all times. And Julio not being there is detrimental to that. Even if he does want more money, why can't he just come to OTAs? Prove a point. It's just, I don't know. I, I despise this with all my heart. So Julio says everything's good, but clearly everything is not good. When do you think like all this front office crap became like a big storyline. You think like back in the 60s, you knew all the moves that the 
Packers made no. in the offseason. Who, there wasn't whose contract? There wasn't a twenty four hour. No, you just show up and be like, cycle. "Oh, that guy, that guy with the mustache is back. Awesome." Oh, you mean players? Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I think this is like totally... You read, you read the opening day roster of the paper, yeah. and then you read the box scores, and that's all you know. Right. I don't, exactly. I don't like knowing all this shit. Yeah, I think this is totally motivated, one, by the receivers that are getting more money than him that he doesn't feel like they deserve it, and by the timeliness of the Matt Ryan extension. He feels like he's owed a piece of that pie because he's a big reason why Matt puts up the stats he puts up. And he wants it now. And... It's my money, and I want it now. Right, it's my money, and I want it now. Just like J.G. Wentworth says. Nice. I wasn't sure if you're going to pick up on that or not. Yeah, and uh, uh, there's not really much else for us to say here. We're just both very frustrated by it, and the only reason we're talking about it is purely out of obligation to Atlanta professional sports. So, you're welcome. You're welcome for boring the shit out of you. Yeah, so I don't think we really have much else to talk about, Adam. It would appear not. It's a quiet time. In Atlanta sports. All I got pretty much is the Braves and, and our, the forgotten team, Atlanta United, that everyone else remembers. Entering the dog days of summer. Yep. So that's going to wrap up this episode of Atlanta Zone. Thank you for listening, however and whenever you listen to this show. Really appreciate it. So until next time, rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality. Hospitality. If you're a wide receiver and you need cash now, call Thomas Dimitrov, 877-CASH-NOW. If you put up lots of yards but can't get in the red zone. Call Thomas Dimitrov, 877-CASH-NOW. Your quarterback just got paid. So, of course, you also <laughs> want to get paid. Call Thomas Dimitrov for money you don't deserve right now. If you have three years left on your contract, but you need cash now. Thomas Dimitrov will bend over backwards. 877-CASH-NOW. 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 That's all I got. <laughs>